Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Sooner Sports Radio on the V-Sport O Network. Oklahoma wrapped up spring football yesterday with the annual red-white game. Here to talk to us about uh, what he saw out there is uh, Jason Kersey, our good friend from uh, NewsOK.com in the Oklahoma. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Alan. How are you? Oh, doing well, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on. And I guess, first of all, just give us, uh, if, if you have... I, I, you know, I, I realize it's kind of a nebulous question, but, you know, I wasn't there yesterday. I just watched it on TV. What was the mood like around Norman yesterday? Well, I think everybody was excited. I mean, it was a good crowd. Um, you know, I feel like it was a better crowd than, than uh, was there last year. Um, I don't remember what the attendance number was last year, but uh, my assumption is that this year was higher, and, um, and it seemed better, like a better crowd. Um, unfortunately, I feel like, you know, and I and I get, I get why they did what they did, but it was sort of unfortunate that a really good crowd had to watch essentially a touch football game, um, at least among the first-teamers. Uh, that, that just wasn't didn't make for a very exciting product on the field. But again, I sort of get why they did it, because obviously this game doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but it is strange, though, because in the past, they'll use a lot. I mean, they've had sometimes guys who have been off-limits for contact, but you know, they have allowed tackling in the past. Uh, it, it, is, should we should we read anything into that, or is, is Bob Stoops just, uh, is this going to be something that he's going to make a policy going forward? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know much uh, that you read into it other than there have been, you know, there have been some injuries uh, this spring. There have been some, uh, you know, some guys getting dinged up here and there. Uh, and I assume he just wants to make sure everybody is healthy for summer workouts and everything. But, you know, once they get into fall camp, I, I would imagine that they'll, they'll hit more. But, you know, I think this has sort of been what they've done throughout most of the spring. I think they've had days where they've tackled, but I think that a lot of what they've done uh, has, has sort of been similar to that. And so, um, you know, my at first when I was uh, – uh, watching, I thought, you know, this stinks if if they've if they've tackled all spring and uh, and they've chosen not to do that on this day in front of the fans. But after talking to the players after the game, it seems that what we saw yesterday was a little bit par for the course to what they've done most of this spring. All right, well, that's enough of kind of the sideshow part of it. Let's talk about what we actually saw out there. Um, we'll start off. Let's start off on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, obviously, Baker Mayfield did his thing and really wasn't uh, that involved after you know a couple series there early on. Um, I thought though that uh, Austin Kendall of the two backups really kind of stood out to me even more so than Kyler Murray, despite maybe uh, what the difference in the in the numbers said. Yeah, it's a little bit hard to say. Uh, you know, Austin Kendall came in and had a really nice first drive. Um, I, I felt like he wasn't as good as the game went on, and I felt like sort of Kyler Murray may have done the opposite. I think he got better as the game went on. Um, I, you know, that's what I wrote about in today's paper was that fans got a little bit of a, you know, of a preview of the 2017 quarterback battle that, that we'll we'll see next year. Uh, yesterday, and and I'm not really sure that we we can definitively say who's gonna who's gonna be the leader going into that. Um, I do think Austin Kendall's going to have a little bit of a leg up, maybe just because of the fact that he will probably play some next year. You would imagine uh, that he'll go into the game late uh, when when they pull Mayfield when OU's winning, you know, big uh, against some of their um, 
some of the Kansases and, and, and whatever on their schedule. But, um, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm not sure how much that stuff matters. I mean, that didn't matter. That didn't help Cody Thomas beat out Baker Mayfield. So, you know, who really knows at this point? But, but I mean, I, I thought they both looked good in spots, and I thought they both uh, didn't look good in, in some other spots. But, um, you know, I, I think that certainly they're going to have a, a hell of a, of a battle next year because those are both really good players. And the thing that uh, really stood out to me, too, about, though, is that, that each one is so different. Um, you know, Murray obviously can do a lot more damage with his feet. Kendall isn't as, isn't that bad of a runner. I mean, he actually had a couple uh, times where he took off and looked pretty good. But, you know, he's more of a, of a pocket guy. Uh, you know, do, does more of his damage with his arm. Um, so that's going to make, uh, make that choice even more interesting next year when you kind of have to tailor the offense to, to different kind of talents there. Yeah. And, and, you know, Murray reminds me a little bit more of Mayfield, although I think he's way more athletic and, and faster than Mayfield. Um, and, and, you know, I always sort of had that assumption too, that Austin Kendall is going to be a guy who stayed in the pocket and, and was more of a pocket passer, which he is. Uh, but I think yesterday, in, in a few limited instances, he showed that he's going to be able to to move and get out of the pocket and, and maybe make some things happen with his legs when when plays break down. And that's that's certainly encouraging that they would have that. Um, but but I also think Austin Kendall considers himself a pocket passer. He said that yesterday. Um, he said he's not going to be a guy who looks to 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 run around too much in a way that maybe Kyler Murray would. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Um, there was some experimenting going on there on the uh, offensive line. I think we've got you know center pretty well established with Jonathan Alvarez there. Left tackle is going to be Orlando Brown. Um, you know the way they went to at least start off was uh, Drew Smith staying there at right tackle, Cody Ford at uh, left guard, and then the right guard was a uh, newcomer Ben Powers. That looked like a pretty solid uh, unit to me out there. I thought that uh, you know Powers was able to get out, um, you know, a couple times when they were pulling him, and and he looked pretty good. You know, I mean, all in all, uh, I think you got to be pretty happy, you know, with the way the offensive line looked, given that it's a spring game and all the weird kind of stuff going on around that. Yeah, and you know, my understanding of the way that things have kind of shaken out through the spring is that they've tried a bunch of different groups in there. Um, you know, some have Drew Samia at guard. Um, some, you know, I, I, I think they've even messed around a little bit with Logan Robertson at center and, and Alvarez at guard. I don't think that's ultimately how it'll go at all. Um, but, but I do think that that's something they've done this spring a little bit because uh, Logan Robertson has really impressed them just as a, as an early and really freshman. But, um, but I, the group that we saw first, the, the one that you just uh, listed, um, you know, my understanding is that was the first unit mostly at the, the previous scrimmage. So uh, at this point, you would have to assume those guys are in a good position. However, I don't think that we're even close to being done because Alex Dalton will be back mm-hmm. uh, in the fall, and and I think he'll he'll compete for the job. I think Jamal Danley is gonna is gonna compete for 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 something. You know, I, I shoot, he's a guy I expected to start last year. Um, yeah. I, I was pretty surprised when he didn't. So. Uh, so I think he's going to have an opportunity as well. Yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Is Dalton? I mean, do they do they sound pretty confident that he'll be ready to start? You know, kind of working out in the summer and be ready to go in the fall. I mean, my understanding is that Dalton should be good to go, especially in the fall. You know, I don't know as much about the summer, but but uh, you know, everything that I've heard has been that he's going to be there in the fall and he's going to 
and they expect him to be a guy who who really pushes for for one of those jobs. So uh, you know, I don't know. You never know how much missing spring hurts. I mean, I you know, we like to think of spring as just sort of a something that's not that important. It's only fifteen practices. It's not as intense. Um, but you know, I, I I would also have to think that Ben Powers and Cody Ford being in there uh, is going to help them out. Oh yeah, even if just from a chemistry standpoint, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, Bob Stoops made a, kind of a surprising comment yesterday to me, at least about uh, you know the quality of play from the receivers. Uh, you know, without having a Sterling Shepard out there, you know, I guess that's uh, that that I have a hard time uh, swallowing uh, him saying that they were better this this uh, you know, spring, but. I do. I did see a lot more kind of uh, you know kind of eye catching moments though from those guys uh, farther down the rungs. You know, guys like A. D. Miller, guys like uh, uh, you know Jordan Smallwood. Um, who did any? Who of those guys stood out to you? Well, I was a little bit surprised that you know if I'm if I'm remembering right, um, Geno Lewis wasn't part of the first group that yeah. went out. That, yeah. that really surprised me. I, I sort of expected that he would be, um, and then to see the guys that were, I was out there with the first group. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I completely lost my train of thought. Did, uh, uh, Jeffrey yeah. Jeffrey Mead Jeffrey Mead was out yeah. there with the first group and. And Jeffrey Mead's a guy that, you know, we've heard a lot about for the last couple of years. I think everyone has sort of expected him to take that step. And he didn't do it last year, really. Um, but th- I think this is, this is the year for him where we're going we're gonna to need to see some, some sort of progress. And the fact that he was out there with the first group and Geno Lewis wasn't, I think it's probably a pretty good sign for Jeffrey Mead. Do you think uh, you know, one thing that was kind of missing or that, that I didn't really see was a guy that uh, was playing a lot there in the slot? Um, you know, I guess that could be Micaiah Quick. Is is Lewis, is he built for that kind of role, or do you think he's more of an outside guy? I mean, I think he's built more as an outside guy from, from what I've seen and from what I've yeah. heard. I mean, I, he, he, he seems like more of an outside guy, but maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe the fact that he wasn't with the first unit is a sign that, that things are as good as Bob says they are. I mean, you never know when, when they say things like that. I mean, uh, but at the same time, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a really good experienced senior receiver who's got, who's played a lot of football, um, who was not part of the first unit. So maybe that's just a sign that they're going to be even deeper than we thought. Yeah. But I also, I agree with you that A.D. Miller, Mm-hmm. Uh, was very impressive. I've heard great things all spring about Dahu Green, so I think he's going to have a chance to be really good. I mean, I, this this year, you know, as crazy as it sounds, Sterling Shepard was great, but um, and we haven't even talked about D.D. Westbrook yet. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I you know, to me, there is a chance that this receiver unit could be better than it was last year, um, even without Sterling Shepard. Yeah, yeah, not uh, not having that go-to guy necessarily, but uh, definitely being able to spread the ball around. I thought even Mark Andrews actually uh, made some nice grabs in there in, in traffic. So uh, lots yeah. lots to like there, yeah, about the receivers. Um, looking at the other side of the ball, uh, it looks like uh, you know OU's kind of Mike Stoops always seems to be tinkering with what OU's doing schematically. 
And, uh, you know, the past couple years, he relied more on a, a kind of a traditional 3-4, having uh, Eric Stryker and Devontae Bond in there. Looks to me, though, like uh, after yesterday, they'll be running something closer to kind of a nickel-based package there and taking one of the linebackers off the field and uh, having Will Johnson on the field more. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I mean, they, they, they played a little bit more, I think, with the nickel last year once Will Johnson got Got, actually got in there, and, and he really did some good things last season. So I, you know, that makes sense to me that to get Will Johnson more involved. But you know, it's not like they're going to have a shortage though of, of pass rushing outside linebackers. Um, you know, you have uh, obviously Obo that that did, played pretty well yesterday, um, but Ricky DeBerry is a guy people I think are still excited about. And then you know, you think about who's coming in uh, in yeah. the fall. You have uh, Caleb Kelly and Mark Jackson. Uh, both of whom could could absolutely get in, get on the field. So, um, you know, I, I do think that they'll probably play more with the nickel with Will Johnson, but I also think you'll still see quite a bit of that too, uh, that that traditional three four, just because they're going to have so many guys that can do it. Yeah, and that'll be that'll be interesting. I I wonder though who's going to be able to handle that uh, kind of strong side linebacker position. A uh, guy who can play a little bit better in space, a little bit more. That would that would see that sounds to me more like a Caleb Kelly. Um, yeah. So maybe that's where he kind of ends up fitting in. Uh, I, I thought the uh, you know again it's it's a weird deal again because of uh, you know the the ground rules and everything. But I thought for the most part uh, there was a lot to like about the defensive line. I thought Marquise Overton really kind of stood out. He might be a guy that. Even though he's got two, you know, seasoned veterans ahead of him, uh, he's he's you know flashed some last year, and I think that he might be a guy that uh, it, it plays an even bigger part on the defensive line coming up. Yeah, I I really like uh, Overton. I, you know, he he uh, he played uh, you know he played pretty well last year in spurts, and, and I think that uh, he's going to have a shot this year. Um, and then you know the the good thing about the defensive line yesterday is you know you obviously didn't have. Charles Walker, who's going to be one of the best guys coming back on that unit, and uh, and you didn't have uh, Devontae Lampkin, who I think is also a guy who uh, is going to be able to maybe play a role next year. So they're going to be pretty deep up there next year. To to really good uh, Calvin Thibodeau uh, really inherited a pretty nice group, I think, coming back next year. Yeah, he he did, he did. You know, uh, the one spot there that I do have a little bit of. Concerned about is that defensive end position where they've got they seem to have DJ Ward and um, Austin Roberts kind of rotating around. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, a position. I wonder if they play around with maybe their alignment or something like that, so they can get uh, you know maybe maybe a guy like Neville Gallimore or Matt Diamond uh, on the field at the same time. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. I. I think uh, when you look at DJ Ward, he he's one of the most interesting people coming back on the defense, in my opinion. And I sort of view him in the same way that I I talked about Jeffrey Mead a moment ago. I, I, this to me feels like a make or break year for DJ Ward. If he doesn't if he doesn't finally start to sort of live up to the hype and the and the excitement that we we that everyone had about him when he first showed up, when he first committed to OU, I I feel like he's going to get passed over and. Um, so this will be a he will be a real interesting guy to watch. I mean, there were you know I thought there was a chance he was going to get on the field more last year, and it just it just did it just didn't happen uh, like I thought it would. So DJ Ward is someone to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, you know I know we covered the linebackers a little bit uh, 
already. But uh, did you have any thoughts on Tay Evans and uh, you know Obo Okoronkwo? Yeah, you know I thought they I thought they both uh, played pretty well yesterday. Tay Evans obviously has big shoes to fill with Don Alexander uh, gone, but but yeah, I mean it's it's so hard to to really say though. Uh, yeah, as you said earlier, because of the way that that they were sort of uh, hamstrung with the uh, with the rules. So um, a little bit tough to judge, I feel like, especially the inside linebackers, because there were some moments where, you know, he he touched a guy and that counts as a tackle, and you don't really know if he would have brought him down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was definitely. Uh, one guy, you know, they are, you know, I mean, they've got to be just dying to get those uh, JUCOs in, though, guys like uh, – Doucette and Emmanuel Beal, somebody to uh, shore up there on the inside because, man, they are thin. Yeah, they are. I mean, that's why uh, you saw Reuben Hunter, a walk-on, uh, playing quite a bit yesterday with the with that first group. Um, you know, he – now, that's not, that's not a knock on Reuben Hunter. No, I hope but it's – yeah. Um, and Ryan Aber would, uh, would, would hurt me, I think, physically if I was talking about, about a PC North guy, but <laughs> – um, but that that is sort of a sign that, that there is some you know concern there in those positions. I think it's the exact same uh, way that we sort of viewed it a couple of years ago when you had uh, Caleb Gastelum playing a lot at inside linebacker. You know, you had Frank Shannon suspended, um, and they were pretty thin there. And and it was you know, hey, that's a great that's great a great story that Caleb Gastelum got a scholarship, they got to play, but he's not. You know, he's not the type of guy you would want in there. I feel it's sort of the same way with Ruben Hunter. Yeah, and uh, one guy who did stand out, I think, to a lot of people was Dalton Rodriguez. Now, that's a guy who at one point was an Oklahoma commitment, uh, ended up uh, going to, or I can't remember if he actually committed, but he ended up at the University of Tulsa, um, you know, and is now walking on at OU. Is Does he have any chance to work his way into the rotation, or is he going to be, uh, you know, one of these guys who's a spring game star? I mean, I think he's facing a, a real uphill battle. I mean, I think the walk-ons always are facing a real uphill battle, and it's so rare that that they um, that they really contribute significant uh, time. And uh, you know, Dalton Rodriguez, you know, he he was a guy who committed to OU as an offensive tackle, and uh, he flipped to Tulsa because he wanted to play defense. Um, and then things didn't work out for him at Tulsa, and so now here he is at OU trying to sort of fight his way back into. Uh, you know, a, a contributing role, and I think, I you know, it's so tough. The spring game is is, is a lot of fun, and it's you know, it's, sorry, it's football in the spring, so everybody's excited about it. But at the end of the day, a lot of the guys that are stars in the spring game, you know, are not. I mean, I I think you know, there's tons of examples of that. Marshall oh, Musial, yeah. <laughs> uh, Trey McTwire twice, um, <laughs> Daniel Daniel Brooks, for the, who was the leading rusher for the third straight year. Uh, I think he was the leading rusher yesterday. He's got to own some kind of Oklahoma spring game career record or something because uh, he's yeah. been he's been a guy that's you know everybody's been oohing and on about for three or four years now in those games. Well, yeah, I mean, I I actually thought that uh, this week I might do a blog about this and and just put together a spring game Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, and if I do that, Daniel Brooks will definitely be a, a member of oh, of, that, of, this, of this class. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so Dalton Rodriguez coming back to him. I mean, he's uh, it was a nice day for him yesterday, and, and I've heard good things about the way he played on the scout team last year. But but let's not kid ourselves; that guy's got a, an uphill battle to get to get to actually get on the field during the season. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you know the last group that we're getting to here would be the secondary. 
there was uh, obviously a lot of people wanted to see. Um, I think you know how that uh, battle for the position that's being vacated by Zach Chan Zan- Zach Sanchez is going. And uh, also wanted to see, I think, P.J. Ambassador. He's a guy that uh, has a lot of uh, a lot of potential. And uh, I thought uh, I thought uh, Ambassador looked pretty good yesterday. I thought. Yeah, I did too. I I, I feel like the position is still going to be that uh, Jack Sanchez. Gosh, I don't know why I just said that. Yeah. Dakota Austin. Yeah. Uh, at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, uh, I think he's the favorite, and I think he remains the favorite, but. But Ambassador is definitely going to push him, and I think he's going to play a lot next year. Um, everybody sort of was excited about him, and then he had the Tulsa debacle um, that everybody remembers. And, and I think that probably lingered throughout the rest of the year, and that's probably why we didn't see as much of him as the year went on. But uh, but he seems like a good kid with a good head on his shoulders, and um, you know, I think that they've uh, they've maybe sort of ridded him of, of any of those bad feelings necessarily. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be, be in position uh, to make a push. But but in my opinion, Dakota Austin is still the favorite there. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about it is, too, is Ambassador's just not really built, I I don't think, to be a field corner. Uh, you know, you need a guy who's a little bit quicker there. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that fits Austin, uh, Sanchez, those guys. Fits, it fits them a little bit better. It does open the door, I think, for uh, Jordan Parker to potentially come in and play a lot. Yeah, and that's a guy who I think people are pretty excited about as well. He, yeah, um, you always. I, that's a guy that's sort of easy to to forget about, but but uh, absolutely, I think Jordan Parker's gonna have a chance. And then uh, maybe kind of kind of finishing up, uh, you know, what kind of impression did you get from uh, Bob Stoops and uh, Joe Castiglione about uh, their feelings about the satellite camp ruling? Were you were you there for any of any of that when they were talking about it? Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, you know, when the ruling came out <clears throat> on Friday, there was a a really kind of silly ceremony, popping out ceremony at OU, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. where they put a tree and yes, you know, up, whatever. Um, but the you know the good thing that came out of that was Bob talked to the media, and so we were able to ask him about satellite camps and. Um, you know, I think he's disappointed by the ruling. Uh, he's really saying all the right things. He's not hes not uh, coming out, like, really strong about it, but you can tell how he feels. Um, he feels like it's a, it's a bad deal for, for the kids um, who, you know, may, may not get recognized otherwise. And the perfect example that he gave of that is Jonathan Alvarez. He's a guy who was not highly recruited. Uh, OU discovered him at one of these satellite camps and, and obviously offered him a scholarship and and now, uh, you know, he's going to be a starter for the second straight year on the offensive line. So, um, and yesterday we actually had a chance to talk to Jonathan Alvarez about it, mm-hmm. and he said that he always felt like you know being in being in a market where there are, he's in the Dallas Fort Worth market where there are a ton a ton of great players coming out. It's easy for someone like him to get overlooked, and so this the satellite camp was was exactly what he needed to get recognized. And, um, and he said that you know it's gonna it's gonna impact his little brother who's sort of going through the same thing right now. Um, and you also have to consider that a lot of these families they can't yeah. afford to drive even from Dallas to Norman. That's hard for some people to do. And so um, you, you know, or from Dallas to to wherever. And mm-hmm. So these these satellite camps are important for for some of these kids. And and it, you know I think that uh, I think everybody's 
around OU is a little bit disappointed by it, and I know a lot of kids are disappointed by it. Um, now, the the thing that when I've written about this the last few days, the thing a lot of uh, <clears throat> fans from a certain conference uh, are responding to me and saying is, you know, the Big Twelve voted against it. Yeah, they did, but OU didn't vote against it. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a vote within the Big Twelve, I think, to decide how they were going to vote, and uh, I think it was probably like six to four, seven to three, uh, in favor of of the ban. But uh, OU and OSU were not two of the schools that voted for it, certainly. And so, yeah, it's disappointing, I think, for a lot of people. But the people that's going to hurt the most are the are the kids, and that's and that's the real shame in all this. Yeah, yeah. Now I I know that uh, Joe Castiglione talked about that. Did did you get any sense as to uh, what schools might have actually? I mean, it makes sense to me that schools like Texas and even uh, you know Baylor, or TCU wouldn't want these camps. But uh, you know why? There, there had to have been a couple other on on their side on this. So why would I? I just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why they would vote against it unless it's just a, a pure resources issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, he didn't really give an indication other than to say that, obviously, I think Texas uh, would be one because they don't want people like OU and OSU coming to Houston and Dallas and, and doing things like that. Um, TCU and Baylor for the same reasons. I think Texas Tech would probably be a, a team that might have voted against it for the same mm-hmm. reasons because, you know, the rules are, I, I believe, and um, I believe it is, that you're not supposed to hold a camp outside of your outside of your state. Um, I think that's right. Outside of your state, or you can do it outside of your state, but it has to be within 50 miles of your campus or something. So Texas Tech obviously wants uh, doesn't want people coming into Texas where they can hold camps. Um, and uh, so that's four right there. Yeah. And uh, you know maybe Iowa State, Kansas State, they didn't want to do it because. Uh, of the resources, they they maybe can't do those sorts of things. So it's all, uh, you know, it, it, I I don't think it's that hard to figure out the schools that would have voted against it when when you really think about it. But um, but again, I mean, it's it's a shame that that they you know OU and OSU uh, have been doing this for years and no one has cared until Jim Harbaugh started doing it. I mean, that's that's the truth of it. So yeah. it's it's a shame that that's what had to happen. But. Uh, you know, Joe Castiglione also sort of implied that he doesn't think this is over. So, well, it would make we'll sense. I mean, happens. the difference between what Harbaugh was doing—I mean, Harbaugh kind of—you can argue that well, wherever Harbaugh goes, it's going to be a circus. But I mean, Harbaugh certainly did a lot to uh, you know Carnival Barker out there, and uh, you know he had yeah. a bunch of them too. I mean, it was different. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could certainly see there being something out there where you could you know, allow school to hold one or two, you know, not 10. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll right. See. Right. And, and I mean, what OU and OSU were doing is different than what he was doing. I mean, OU and OSU weren't going to Florida. They were going to Texas, which is, they recruit there anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, they they've always recruited there. So, I mean, yeah, you could, I think there's a compromise in there somewhere where you don't just outright ban that, but you also, uh, maybe don't allow, um, uh, people to do what Harbaugh was doing I just I think it was a I think it was an overreaction yeah yeah well you know what uh I really appreciate you coming on Jason on a Sunday uh to uh talk with us and everything man thanks so much uh what are you working on uh over there at newsok.com 
Well, I'm 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 gonna work on trying to take a vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, uh, you know, well, not not really sure exactly. I kind of got to reset and, and think about uh, some projects I want to do over the next few weeks. So we'll see what what comes up. Uh, you know, I've I've had some stuff in the last couple couple weeks that I've been pretty excited about. I, obviously, uh, I don't know. You saw I did a project about the student assistant coaches. I was mm-hmm. pretty pretty happy with. Yeah. Um, so that I, those are the kinds of things I've I've been uh, working on uh, this off season. So we'll we'll see what what's coming. But uh, but yeah, hopefully a little bit of a break here. Well, yeah, I, obviously I hope you get a break. But yeah, last <laughs> last uh, last off season, man, that one piece you did on uh, Lincoln Riley, you know, where you went back to uh, Mule Shoe, where he's from, yeah. you know, and got, uh, that that one was really really good. So hopefully, yeah, uh, you know, more like that, uh, more like that's coming down the pike, man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Got to got to sort of sit down and, and figure out and come up with some plans and and uh, and see what see what I'm going to do. And also see, you know, when when my wife wants me to be off. That's well. Really. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, hey man, thanks again. Really appreciate you coming on as always, Jason. Yeah, no problem, Alan. Anytime. Uh, thanks to our guest this week, Jason Kersey of NewsOK.com and uh, uh, the Oklahoman. And uh, thank you all for joining us, too. For the Blade Numbers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.